morning. And welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to 2021. How many of you thought this year would never come? How many of you thought 2020 would never end? Isn't it one of those odd things? It's a year that seemed to go super fast, but in some cases, it's also a year that seemed to just take forever. Did anybody else feel the same way? It kind of felt both, slow and fast. But 2020 is over. 2021 is here. And with a brand new year, we're starting a brand new sermon series. It's entitled 119. That's not the area code. And you'll be pleased to know that's not the number of sermons in the series. Can I get an amen? Okay. So it's neither of those, but it it does stand for Psalm 119, a study of Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the book of Psalms, the longest chapter in the entire Bible, 176 verses. And we're going to read them all today. Okay, no, we're not. Uh, you'll, you'll be pleased to know we're not reading the entire chapter. In fact, uh, we're going to be kind of looking at an overview of this psalm. We'll, we'll take different portions of Psalm 119. Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s, he devoted 398 pages of commentary to this one psalm. In 1927, Charles Bridges wrote 480 pages of exposition on this one psalm. Thomas Manton, a Puritan pastor, preached 190 sermons on this psalm. And no, I'm not out to beat his record. Okay? So we we got some amens in, in the sanctuary. Appreciate that. So I assure you our study won't be that long or that extensive. So we're going to be looking a little bit of an overview of this powerful psalm, Psalm 119. I can assure you that in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of 2020, as we've closed out that chapter and begun 2021, in the midst of uncertainty of everything about that year, one thing is for certain, God's word. And so Psalm 119 is all about the word of God. The entire chapter is about the word of God. And what's unique It is written as an alphabet acrostic. You're familiar with acrostics or abbreviations. A number of years ago, the WWJD bracelets were very, very familiar. Still many of those things around. It stands for, what would Jesus do? WWJD. So the first letter stands for a word. Well, in Psalm 119, this is written as an alphabet acrostic. And if you're looking in in your copy of the Word of God, many of them will have uh, maybe a stanza. Uh, They're separated every eight verses. You might see this uh, kind of weird-looking graphic. It's a Hebrew letter. And it's signifying that letter goes with that stanza, that set of eight verses. In the Hebrew alphabet, there are 22 letters. And so this Psalm 119 takes all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, separates them into eight verses apiece, and in fact, the first line of every verse begins with that Hebrew letter. So it would be as if you or I were maybe writing a a poem or a love story, and we wrote eight sentences, and the first word of every sentence would begin with the letter A. 
Eight sentences. And then we'd write eight more sentences and begin each one with the letter B. A, and then B, and then C, all the way down. And so that's what we see here in Psalm 119. And so from Aleph to Tav, that's in a sense the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet, this is a psalm, this is a song, it's about the Word of God. And so as you take a look, and as you read through, and that'll be in advance, that's your assignment for the week. You're you're to read all of Psalm 119. We're going to look at just a portion of that today, first eight verses. But as you do so, you're going to see that almost every single verse has some reference to the Word of God. Now, it doesn't say Bible and it doesn't say God's Word. There's a whole host of synonyms, and we'll cover some of those in just a little bit. But literally just a handful, maybe four or five out of 176 have no mention, no word, no synonym for the Word of God. The psalmist used many of them. And so the theme of this chapter, it's about the practical use of God's Word in the life of a believer. 176 verses about the Word of God in the life of a believer. And so it's encouraging us and it's inspiring us, it's challenging us to focus on the Word of God no matter what is going on around us. And in 2020, we've had a whole lot of stuff going on around us, right? I mean, nationally, certainly some big things of COVID-19 and and the election and all, all other hosts of things have happened in 2020. And it's affected our nation, it's affected our world, uh, the challenges and, and uh, affecting even in our church. Uh, we were uh, online and digital only for a number of months. And I came down with COVID-19 back in the summer of 2020. I mean, it's affected things church-wise, personally, and and family-wise. You look at everything, but in the midst of all of that, we can be assured that the Word of God stands true. So we're going to jump into that here in just a moment. So I invite you to turn your way to Psalm 119. If you've got your copy of the Word of God, and you put your thumbs on the top and open it up in the middle, you'll probably... Open up to the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 119 and just the first eight verses. So that first stanza today reads like this. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. So today we're, we're just taking a look at really an overview of the Word of God, but more specifically, what, what should be our reactions to the Word of God? Now, when it comes to reactions, I look at you, you look at me, and sometimes your reactions are not so much, and sometimes your reactions are big. It, it depends sometimes what I say and sometimes when I mess up, uh, th- those reactions are very... 
But when we look at God's word, when we look at the Bible, what should be our overall reactions to it? That's, that's where we're starting at today. So reaction number one, I think, first of all, I want to challenge, inspire, and encourage you to love it. Develop a love for the word of God. Now, how many of you know there's a lot of different things that we love? I mean, we toss that word around a lot, right? Uh, we love family, and we, we spent about a week uh, being able to invest in and spend some time with our family in Illinois and, and in Missouri, being able to, to see my brother and family, sister and family, and, and my mom. And so uh, we, we often talk about loving family. How many of you know uh, we toss that word around when it comes to food? Uh, how many of you, there's a particular food you love? Or, or particular dessert, or just the whole dessert genre, right? Any, anything that's considered a dessert, you know, we love desserts. We love sweets. We love pizza. We love, we love, we love. Different things that we love. Uh, you know, I love, I am, I am sporting some Ohio State Buckeye gear. There we go. If you're being, you know, being honest, I'm being honest. I was kind of nervous going into that game. Uh, and after, you know, the first couple of uh, drives was still pretty nervous. And then Ohio State took over and took control, defeated Clemson. Uh, but I love football. I love the Buckeyes. Uh, our girls love swimming. And so, you know, as we were heading back from Missouri, it's probably 10, 11, 12 hours drive time. And at times we've done it straight. But I confess to you, on our way back, we found a middle point. It was almost directly, you know, halfway, and that was Effingham, Illinois. We were traveling back on Friday. And so we found a specific place. It was Effingham, a place we could get to early enough to get to a hotel so I could watch the game. I confess. But it, we also assured ourselves as we looked online and called the hotel to make sure that not only did they have a swimming pool, but that the swimming pool was in operation and open. Now, there was a limit of 10, but for the majority of the time, the girls were the only two people in the pool. And so for a love for our girls and their love for swimming and, and for a desire and a love for football in Ohio State, we went halfway, took it a little easy, and then went the, the rest of the way on Saturday. You and I know there's a lot of things that we love, right? Right now, you're off the top of your head, you're thinking of a bunch of different things that you would say you love. Can we say that same energy and excitement and intensity and enthusiasm about the Word of God? Listen to what the psalmist says. Other portions of Psalm 119, verse 97, he writes, Oh, how I love your law. Stop right there. Not too many people would love laws. But many people are looking for ways to get around the law. The author says, how I love your law. In fact, how much does he love it? He says, I meditate on it all day long. He's thinking about, he is, you know, he's got God's word in his heart all day. That's how much he loves the word of God. And then drop down to verse 127 in Psalm 119. He says, I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold. Now, that's a challenge right there. 
Loving the Word of God more than something you and I would consider to be extremely valuable. Gold, silver, money, possessions, electronics, uh, sport, all these other things. Do we have this heart, this desire, this love for God's Word? Let me tell you a story about someone who truly had a heart for and a love for the Word of God. This was a man in Kansas City. He was severely injured in an explosion. Now, evangelist Robert L. Sumner writes about him in his book titled, The Wonders of the Word of God. This man's face was badly disfigured. He had lost his eyesight as well as both hands as a result of this explosion. The man was a new Christian, and one of his greatest disappointments was that he could no longer read the Bible. No eyesight, no hands even, when it comes to Braille. Then he heard about a lady in England who read Braille with her lips. Hoping to do the same, he sent for some books of the Bible in Braille. Doing the very best he could, much to his dismay, he discovered that the nerve endings in his lips were also destroyed by the explosion. However, one day as he attempted that and he brought the, the pages of Braille to his lips, his tongue happened to touch a few of the characters of Braille, and he discovered that his nerve endings in his tongue, he could feel them. And like a flash of lightning, he thought, I can read God's word with my tongue. Can you imagine that? The heart for, the desire for, the love for the word of God. And at the time that this evangelist wrote his book, this man had read with his tongue the entire Bible through four times. Now, you and I use our tongue and our lips and, and we'll eat or we'll kiss and do we think about reading through the, the challenge and the discipline and, and the heart of love it would take to use that tongue to read Braille so we could read through God's Word? There's a heart and a passion and a love for the Word of God. Now, I, I desire and I enjoy and love the Word of God. I wish I could, you know kind of transpose and, and give that to other individuals. I, I can't make. But I can challenge and inspire, hopefully encourage you to have a love for the Word of God. That was challenging because in 2021, there's certainly many reasons why many times people don't get into God's Word, don't read God's Word, or maybe don't have this heart for and a love for God's Word. One excuse is, well, the Bible is simply too big. Now, you take a look at the Word of God, it's... One complete book, but 66 individual books, 39 of the Old Testament and 27 of the New Testament. And there's a lot of different kinds from Genesis to Revelation. Some of it's about prophecy, things that haven't happened yet. And it's, it's trying to describe in figurative language what they're seeing that's going to take place and trying to put it into words. Some of it is like Psalms, a very poetic some of it is action. Some of it is teaching. And so there's a lot of different varieties, but it is a long book. Then again, some of you who enjoy reading and biographies or fiction or nonfiction, uh, you'll check out books from uh, the library that are massive in nature and large as well. But sometimes 
people are intimidated because of the size of the Word of God. Or maybe they'll say, it's too confusing. It's hard to understand. Maybe with the these or the thous or the thys or, or I'm not sure about the prophecy. I'm not sure about some of the poetic parts. Uh, uh, some of these things, uh, I'm not sure what to make sense of. Maybe some of the uh, violence that takes place or some of these things, I'm not quite sure. It's a little confusing. Or others would say, I'm not sure that the Bible is relevant to me. I mean, this was something that was written hundreds of years ago. Let me encourage you. Yes, God's word is big, but allow the big message of God and his word to get into you, your life, and into your heart. Yes, God's word in some cases could be challenging, but God will help you. God will equip you as you read and study the word of God. And I want you to know God's word is incredibly relevant. Something that was written many, many years ago is written exactly for you and exactly for what you are facing today. It's amazing. It's powerful. The Word of God itself says that it is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It, it's amazing how when you get into the Word of God, you've got this heart of love and you read and you study, you'll read something that's exactly what you're going through. You'll read a verse of scripture that's exactly what you needed for today. I would venture to say every single one of you have in some, some day, some place in time, you've experienced that. Maybe you were using a Bible reading guide or maybe you were just simply you know, reading a devotional, but God's word had exactly what you needed at the exact moment. That's because the Bible is powerful. It is relevant to you and to me in our lives. Allow, allow this study, allow this sermon series to, to kind of kindle for the first time or maybe rekindle that love for the Word of God. Help, help that appetite to be developed for the Word of God. We love God's Word because it reveals God's love to you and to me. Let me give you a couple practical thoughts. Number one, try a modern translation. If you're kind of struggling with developing that heart of love and, and, and desire for the Word of God, it's, it's challenging to get into. Maybe try a different version or translation. Now, there's a whole bunch of them that are out there. Sometimes people say it's a little hard to read. There are a number of them that are very well readable. One that I recommend quite a bit is the NLT, New Living Translation. In fact, a number of my professors from Bible college were part of the translation team back in the 1990s. It is a more modern, very readable, but yet very accurate version. There's a, a number of things that will be helpful for some Certainly, King James is very well-known, very well-recognized, and it's very familiar. There's, there's a, a ring, uh, you know, the, the way that it's read and spoken, there's a great ring to. And yet, for some, maybe they have a little bit of a harder time understanding because that was written and translated a number of years ago. It fit the language of the times. But for some, 
Maybe that's a struggle. So find a readable or maybe a different or a modern translation that might rekindle some of that. My challenge has been reading through God's Word every year in, in different versions or translations, uh, different study Bibles. I think I'm around 10 or 11 or 12 different versions or translations. I'm reading through the GW this year. Stands for God's Word. Have never read through that before, but I'm reading that. But reading through, you know, if you're used to reading in one version or translation and you switch to another one, similar verses or familiar verses, they come and has just a little different, not a, not a spin to it, but it comes across just a little bit different. And so maybe, maybe that would help to kindle or rekindle a love for you. Second uh, uh, practical thought would be this. Use some technology to help. Now, many people would have a, a smartphone or, or a tablet of some kind, a computer, and there are a lot of different ways. Certainly, the Bible app by version, downloaded by millions and millions and millions of people, it has many, many versions and translations in there. In fact, that's what I read through. I, I read through uh, using the iPad, and I select a different version or translation. Many of them will actually read it to you. Just tap the screen, and it begins reading it to you. So technology will help. Uh, maybe uh, for some, you know, having or using uh, your cell phone might be the inspiration or the encouragement using technology to get into God's Word on a regular basis. Uh, for some, maybe it's going out and buying a brand new Bible and, and the excitement of that. But find something, whether it's a, a modern translation, maybe it's a use of technology. Third encouragement would be to start small. If you have never read through the entire Bible before, jumping in to read the whole Bible in a week seems like a, a massive task. So maybe start small. Maybe as you grab a Bible reading guide, you're simply looking to read through the New Testament this year. It's a very, very doable goal. Maybe about half a chapter a day will get you through the entire New Testament in a year. Here's the encouragement. Start small, but I guarantee you that God's Word and that, that love and that desire for God's Word are going to grow, and you won't want to just read a half a chapter. You want to you finish it out and maybe read a second or a third one. But start small. I mean, if, if you've never lifted weights and you go to the gym, they're not going to put this rack of 500 pounds on a, on a weight, uh, on a, you know, the, the, the weight bench and say, start with that. They typically say, start with the bar. The bar itself is 45 pounds. That's what Autumn said they were doing in, in, uh, in school with, uh, you know, individuals on sports teams. So you start with the bar. And then as you get that down, then they start adding a little bit of weight. You get that down, they start adding a little bit more weight. And, and you're working your way up. And God's Word may be something similar. Start small. There's a, the God's Word for today, the devotional for you, a little part of God's Word, a little devotional, a little reading, some questions. Or maybe starting with the New Testament or starting to read through the Psalms or starting to read through the book of Proverbs. But start small. And the final practical part of, of just developing this love for God's Word, I want to encourage you and challenge you to be persistent. Because how many of you know there's going to be a day or two or three or more where 
Life happens, and maybe you don't read God's word that day. And then you, you get discouraged, and, and you kind of beat yourself up. Man, my goal was to read the Bible, and I missed it. We'll read it the next day. Read it the next day. Because here's the thing. If you've not been reading the Word of God, two or three days of reading God's Word this week is better than zero. And if you have been reading God's Word sporadically, two or three, and you make more of a concerted effort and maybe read four or five or six this week, well, that's, that's better than what you had done last week or last year. So be persistent. Now, can I just confess to you? Not only am I a Christian, I'm a pastor, and I have been preaching on God's Word and reading God's Word, I think, just about every single January, just about every single year that I've been here. And as a number of years ago, I'll confess to you, confession's good for the soul, they say. Probably five or six years ago, we did a trip similar to this where we went to see uh, my mom and family in Missouri kind of after Christmas and around New Year's. And New Year's Day, we made our way back. Now, that particular year, I believe we traveled the entire way home, New Year's Day. So 10, 11 hours, 12 hours, add the one hour of clock time, so it's probably 11, 12, 13 hours on the clock heading east. And we got up and we packed and got our stuff and, and met family and said goodbyes and got in the car and drove all the way home and unpacked and, and we got all of that. And I wake up the next day on January 2nd and I look at my Bible and I realize I did not read the Bible on January 1st. So here I am, not just as a Christian, but a pastor, and I'm challenging and encouraging everybody else, get in God's Word, and guess what? I failed on day one. Don't you feel a little better? <laughs> so be persistent. Don't give up. Don't give up. Get into God's Word. Uh, read, you know, if that needs to be that you start small, start small. But develop that love for the Word of God. So, first of all, I challenge and encourage you to love it. Secondly, I want to challenge and encourage you to learn it. Learn it. Right here, Psalm 119, verse 7. The psalmist says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. Not only is there this heart of love for God's word, but he's desiring to learn God's word. Now, he says, learn your righteous laws. And, and as we read those, those first eight verses, you already uncovered a number of synonyms. So depending on King James, NIV, whatever version or translation, here are a number of these synonyms for the word of God you're going to uncover. Law is probably the most popular. Somewhere around 25 times law or laws are mentioned. Word, speaking about the word of God, is over 20 times as well. Judgments or ordinances, over 20 times in this chapter. Testimony or testimonies, typically plural, over 20 times in this chapter. Commands, the commands of God over 20 times. Decrees or statutes of God listed over 20 times in this chapter. Precepts or charges of God over 20 times. The sayings or promises of God nearly 20 times in this chapter. And the way or ways of God 
between 10 and 15 times. So again, depending on the version or translation, you will see all of these words, all of these synonyms multiple times. And in 176 verses, you'll find maybe four or five that don't have any one of these listed. It's all about the Word of God. You see, getting into God's Word requires that we learn. We're not done learning yet. I know some of you say, well, I graduated high school or I graduated college and I'm done with all that stuff. Listen, we never stop learning and growing in the Word of God. We never stop. We continue to learn. We continue to grow. I mean, 25 years ago, I graduated Bible college. I had a whole host of Bible classes. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, Pentateuch, which is Genesis through Deuteronomy, and prophets, and, and uh, poetry, and, and uh, psalms, and, and, uh, and the New Testament, book of Acts, or the Gospels, or some of the epistles of Paul. I mean, I had many, many classes and courses specifically about the Word of God. And then I graduated. And in 25 years, I've read and I've studied and I've preached and I've taught. And guess what? In 25 years, I realize there's still so much more I don't know. It, it's a lifetime of learning as we grow in the Word of God. Here's the truth. When we come to Christ, God does not zap us with everything we need to know in an instant. But wouldn't it be great if it worked like that? I mean, if you're going to school as a student, you would love to just be zapped and, and have all of the instant knowledge of everything you would need to know for that class. We're not zapped. Yes, God does a, a great work in our heart and a great work in our life, and in, and in some cases he removes you know, sins or habits or some of these things we've been wrestling with and struggling with instantaneously, but it doesn't mean that we know everything about this incredible book of the Bible, instantaneously. So it's that lifestyle, lifetime of growing and learning the Word of God. If we want to know God, we've got to study and learn. Now, yes, we can grow from others. We mentioned 9.30, we've got discipleship hour. So we've got classes for different ages and, and different patterns. Some where it's, you know, listen and be taught. Others, it's jump in and dialogue and discuss and ask questions. But it's all geared to help you grow in Christ. Sunday night Bible studies and prayer opportunities. Uh, we finished the book of 1 Peter. We went verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the entire book opportunities like that where others can help us to grow in a class setting or in a service setting. But let's not just leave it to a Sunday. Let's not just leave it to a Sunday school class teacher, a discipleship teacher, to a pastor to say, that's the only way I'm going to grow. That's a part of it, yes. But on our own, we can learn and grow and read and study from the Word of God, apply ourselves with discipline and diligence. What about tomorrow? Chances are pretty good you won't be here for a service or a discipleship class tomorrow. So how are you going to grow? We grow by learning and getting into the Word of God. 
As we get into God's Word, we can learn from the examples of a lot of the men and women found in God's Word. Ultimately, Jesus Christ is our, our model and our example. How many of you know we can grow from a lot of these other individuals? If you're starting a Bible reading plan, um, many of you are going to be reading the book of Genesis sometime here in January. You read about Adam and Eve, Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And, and there are some positive examples of things that they did that we ought to emulate. But there's also some ne negative examples of things we ought not to do, right? And so we can learn as we read and study in the Word of God. We can learn about God's promises. God made a promise to Noah. He would never flood the earth again. God made promises to Abraham, all the, all the world, all the earth would be blessed through his seed. And ultimately, that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Promise after promise, we read and study, we can stand upon the promises in the word of God. We can learn and receive guidance and direction for our life, for the, the things that we are wrestling with, they're struggling with, so much to learn from the word of God. Let me give you a couple practical thoughts about maybe how to learn and grow. First of all, I want to challenge you to get a plan. It's been said that you don't often plan to fail, but we often do fail to plan. Now, some people say, well, I just take my Bible out and I just kind of open it up and wherever it opens, I stick my finger in and I read it. That might work a time or two for something different. But if you're looking at the year, this entire year before us, let there be some, for, uh, some form of a structure in place that says, here's how I'm going to learn. Here's how I'm going to grow. Our daily bread devotional is a small way to start. There's a little scripture, a little devotional, a couple questions. You can pick these up for free in the foyer. This is a simple little way to get into God's Word. As well, as we have throughout these past years, we've got three paper Bible reading guides. And as well, if you're watching or listening online, all three of these are available to be downloaded from our website, algerag.com. You can print these out on your own. You can save it digitally. Uh, the large one simply starts in Genesis, and you read all the way through to Revelation. It's just beginning to end Genesis to Revelation. These other two have multiple readings. So there's one here that says two readings. So one will typically take you through Old Testament or New Testament. The second will take you through some form of wisdom literature, Proverbs or a Psalm, something like that. So you'll read in two different places. This is one that's got four different readings. And so you might have Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, maybe you would have uh, the prophets and wisdom literature. So maybe you'll read in Isaiah as well as in Psalms, etc. Now, the, the beauty of these two is that there are 25 readings per month, which are less than the number of days. So it gives a little bit of built-in cushion if you miss a couple days as well. gives you, if you're right on track, gives you a way to get ahead or maybe to review. So grab a paper copy in the foyer, print one out from the website, but get some kind of a plan to say, I'm going to start here, and here's where I'm going to read, here's where I'm going to study, here's where I'm going to learn. As well, with getting a plan, I want to encourage you to interact with God's Word in a variety of ways. We can certainly read through the Word of God. 
maybe you might read it out loud so that you hear it as you're reading it or read it to someone or let someone read to you or again from a phone or tablet or some form of smart device access God's word on the app and let it read to you but interact in a variety of ways. You're, you're doing so as you're sitting, you're listening to God's word being preached today. But interact in a variety of ways. Maybe you begin to learn and study and memorize God's word. And I encourage you to, to ask some questions. Some of you are really good question askers. And so you're reading God's word and you're saying, well, why did he or she do this? Or, or why did God say that? What's the purpose behind that? Begin to not just read to check it off. But read to understand. Read to allow God's word to really take heart and root in your life. As you're reading, maybe God prompts you and, and there's a sin that you need to confess. You're reading about something and, and a man or a woman and, and a, a shortcoming or a sin that was in their life and you realize, I'm guilty of this as well. God, cleanse me and forgive me. You're reading through God's word and you find a promise that you can stand upon or... or uh, you know, let that be kind of a, a rock that you stand upon in your life. Maybe you read God's word and you're challenged that there's an attitude that needs to change. Or maybe you're reading through God's word and you're just prompted or reminded to thank God. Interact with, ask some questions, but I want to encourage you to systematically learn from God's word. Not just the heart of love for it. Start with that. Learn it. And then thirdly and finally, a final reaction to the Word of God, even most important, is to live it. We want you to love God's Word, and I hope that there's an, an energy and an excitement. Uh, uh, I admit, uh, almost like a, a kid in a candy store, as I close out the year and I begin a brand new year, and I start a brand new Bible reading guide, it's, it's exciting for me. It's, it's this fresh, untouched Bible reading plan that I'm going to get all marked up and I, and I hope to, you know, read every single day is my goal and, and get everything completed. It's exciting. It's exciting to think what version, what translation am I going to be reading through this year? I've got this passion and desire for God's Word. I hope that you have a love for the, God, for the Word of God. I've got a desire to learn and to grow, and I hope that you do so as well. But more than loving it, more than learning from it, we must live it, put it into practice. Let's read verses 1 through 3 in verse 8 again. He says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. And then verse 8 says, I will obey your decrees. Four verses, four action verbs. He says he's going to walk according to the law. Verse 2, keep his statutes. Verse 3, follow his ways. Verse 8, obey your decrees. All four are action verbs. All four are saying, it's not just that I love it. It's not just that I'm learning from it. The psalmist says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to apply it. It's not just enough. It's, it's good that we know about God's word. But we've got to then live it out, put it into practice. How many of you know it's not accidental? 
It's intentional. We don't accidentally start to obey all the things that are in God's word. We read it, we study it, we learn it, and then we intentionally say, God, I want to obey what you've said in your word. I'm going to walk according to it. I'm going to keep the statutes. I'm going to follow what you have to say and obey your decrees. Now, when we walk and when we keep them and when we obey, we're obeying as God desires, not as we want. Because sometimes our way is, well, let me just flip the page so I don't have to read that verse. Because that one kind of hurts as I read it. I'm, I'm not sure that I can do that. We obey the ones we think are easy and we skip over the ones we think are hard. This is about God. I'm going to obey your word. James 1.22 says, To be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Listen, we're pretty good at hearing. We can go to a Bible study. We can go to a Sunday school class, a discipleship class, a Sunday morning service. We can watch online. We can listen online. We're really good at listening, really good at hearing. We're not as good many times at the doing, at the obeying, at the putting it into practice. James says, if we hear it but we don't do it, we're basically deceiving ourselves. Let's not deceive ourselves. You see, the true test of maturity is how we put God's word into practice. It's not just knowledge. Now, reading and getting knowledge of the word of God is awesome. But we're to do more than just understand facts and figures about the Word of God. Let's live out what God's Word has to say. I mean, if, if I were to have received a book on car repair, and someone said, you know, you, you really, you're not very good. And I would say, you're right, I'm not. Here's a book on car repair. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And I say, thanks. And I go away and... For a number of months, I'm, I'm reading it, and I'm highlighting it, and I'm circling and underlining and, and having study groups about car repair, but I never go out and actually repair a car. I've got a whole lot of head knowledge without actually putting into practice what it says. And the truth of the matter is, we are very good at head knowledge. We know a whole lot more than we live and apply. We know a whole lot more than we put into practice. And so the Word of God, this overview of the book of Psalms and chapter 119 specifically about the Word of God, it encourages us to have this heart and love for the Word of God. It encourages us to systematically study and learn the Word of God, and it challenges and encourages us to faithfully live out the Word of God. <laughs> 